When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back on the couch. Back on the couch where we belong. Right? Yeah. Because it's a couch where we get inside our guests. But more in like a mental way. Yeah. What's up? I'm Matt Frivola. They call me the Steamroller. We're out here in uh, Jersey City. Got to have a nice little talk with uh, Luke and Brian. Steamroller. How are you? How are you? I didn't know you were so big, man. Yeah, mostly just old and fat. But uh... I've been listening to Luke Thomas for a long time, for like 10 years. He's got awesome breakdowns, and uh, he's the man. What about uh, Brian? I don't know shit about Brian. <laughs> What's going on, guys? It's me, Brian Campbell. All right, it's time to sit on that crusty couch. Let's do this. Ready to go, PC? Ready to go? You know, we only want the true maniacs on this show, and we have found that if you go to Strong Island, they are plentiful. Ooh. Our next guest is a man who has worn many hats, including military police in the United States Army, is also looking for one Patty Pimblet. We'll see if he'll get it, but he has an interesting story to tell, and he's going to do it today. It is Steve Rolla, Matt Frivola. Hey, yeah. rock and roller. Bang that horror, you know. Like, How are you doing, man? Oh, you get this, no cell is strong already, Luke. Yeah, that's all right. Right off the start. Uh, that, keep, you know keep what? Going with that. Okay. There okay. we go. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing good, man. You know, I don't make my way out to Jersey too much, but for you guys, I'm here. Well, you know what? That's uh, a good way to not get lice, is to avoid Jersey. Yeah, it's really know. a strong move. We recognize the T-shirt because, I mean, this guy's wearing a a Grand Theft Dude, Auto Ray Longo Mafia shirt. Right Put the there. camera on him. Yeah, incredible. Can you stand up for just a second? I know yeah. we got it. We, I, I'm now we're asking you to do all the. Look at this wow. shirt. Wow. All right. Now, with that in mind, uh, do us a solid. What is the story behind this shirt? Oh man, this is a classic uh, Anakin Florian shirt, and I got this shirt, and I've pretty much worn it to like every UFC fight, every ring of combat fight, every CFFC fight when we got guys fighting and it's my it's my lucky shirt now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, how did you end up at Longos? I mean, obviously you're in Long Island, they're the big gym. You just must have heard about them, but give me the story how you actually ended up there. Yeah, so um, I start I found Matt Sarah first. I started doing jiu-jitsu there. And then uh, I moved down to Tampa, Florida. I went to University of Tampa. You did a lot of drinking, didn't you? I did a good amount. Yeah. Good amount. <laughs> but uh, uh, Matt Sarah hooked me up with Matt Arroyo, who's yes. down there. Uh, Ultimate Fighter alumnus. Yep, yep. yep. And then uh, I linked up with Matt Arroyo, and uh, I actually met Billy Q my first day there. Oh, was, MK approved Billy yeah, Q. Billy Q, Q yeah. yeah. And uh, Billy Q was like 1-0 or 0-1 as an amateur fighter. I had no fights. I had like five months of jujitsu under Matt Serra. What year is this roughly? This has got to be uh, 2010. So Matt was either close to done or had like, where, where was Matt at that time? Yeah, he was done fighting and okay. he, op he just opened up Gracie Tampa South. Uh, okay, okay, okay. And, uh, and he, had a, he had like a, a amateur fight team. He probably had like seven or eight guys fighting and then 
me and Billy Q walk into the gym, just like these two young kids. We didn't even know each other either. Like I remember walking in and it's jujitsu class and I see some skinny kid with like UFC gloves he bought from Walmart, Walmart. getting ready to do uh, jujitsu. And you um, should beat his ass just for that. Oh, I did. I did it exactly <laughs> that day. And uh, me and him like hit it off right from there. We ended up living together in Tampa and uh, fighting amateur, you know, just coming up in Tampa with uh, Matt Arroyo, who really uh, showed me showed me the ropes of like, of a fight camp and and what you know how to be a fighter and whatnot. And then um, while I was down in school in uh, Tampa, I would still come home to Long Island for uh, uh, winter, for Christmas, and for summers. And I would train with Ray Longo, uh, and I would train with Matt Sarah whenever I was home. And then I would go back down to Tampa for school and train with Arroyo. When did you end up back in Long Island full-time? Uh, I moved back home uh, probably 2016. Oh, that's relative. Yeah. Well, I guess it's now been, you know, uh, seven years. I know, right? Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a little hard to say. Okay, so what ultimately prompted you, like, why did the Tampa experience come to an end? Um, you know, I had I had my fiancé at the time. Her whole family was uh, from Long Island. My whole family was from Long Island. And I, I always knew I would end up back home in Long Island. You know, I was, I'm a Long Island guy, New York guy. Uh, but, you know, I branched out. I had some fun in Tampa. I made some, you know, I met a lot of people. I did a little on my own thing down there and uh, graduated from college somehow down there. <laughs> And uh, Blue Tarski, zero point <laughs> zero. Best seven years of his life, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. What was your major? Uh, criminology. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were fucking yeah. off. I mean, <laughs> you weren't even trying. All right, so tell me the best part about Tampa, the worst part about Tampa. It was, uh, the best part about Tampa is that... Leaving. I mean, well, actually, you go down in Tampa, and everybody from Tampa is from the Northeast. They all like mm. moved down and, and, and Tampa's like almost felt like a melting pot. Like everyone I would talk to was from somewhere in the Northeast. Yeah, the snowbirds, they're, they're weak. That's, that's yeah. fair, yeah. Dirt like a man up north, yeah. right? But Tampa was fun, man. I had a great time down there and especially fighting amateur, man. Me and Billy Q were on all these amateur fight cards in like the parking lot of a strip club. And, like, <laughs> okay, uh, then, is it, then should we su be surprised that you and Billy Q have adopted the style that you have as the bio to your Instagram account of all gas, no, no brakes? I mean, you guys are action heroes that go out there to uh, bang first and ask questions later. Did that extend to the nightlife scene? I mean, this must have been like, like two, you know... Two single guys ready to have a buddy cop movie out there, you know? Yeah, man, we definitely had some fun down there. And uh, we were out in uh, South Howard, you know, uh, definitely got into a couple fights out down there. Um, and, you know, it was, it was great. It was a great come up. And, uh, you know, it definitely molded me to who I am now. It's, it's crazy how me and Billy Q are, like, very similar in the way we fight. We just, you know, mm. we're dogs, man. We don't, we don't back down. We keep coming. And um, and it's it's we've been competing our entire like careers. It's like Billy Koo win a fight, and then I'd be like, all right, I got to go win a fight, and then I'd win a fight, and then he'd got to come back and win a fight. And uh, even now, you know, since I'm not down in Tampa, uh, I don't train with him as much, but I'm always talking to him. We're always you know meeting up in Vegas, meeting up in Tampa. He comes up here every once in a while, and uh, we feed off each other's uh, success, and and it's great. So how many fights did you have? by the time you returned in 2016? Um, I was, when I came up here, I was 
Five and zero oh as a pro. As a pro, how many amateur fights did you have? I had eight amateur fights, eight and zero. Oh. Did they do any blood work for your amateur fights? <laughs> uh, no, I, <laughs> they did not. I knew it, dude. I the, knew the it. The application said, "Are you on PEDs?" Yes yeah, or no. That's yeah. the only thing that. And it doesn't like, matter yeah. what you answer. Yeah. They're just gonna say yes anyway. No, man, it was a wild time. Uh, those amateur fights down there, but it was great, man. One of my favorite things as an amateur was I got to go down to Costa Rica. And I got to kind of go down there to uh, fight their like hometown hero. The guy was like nine and zero, like knocking out everybody in Costa Rica. And like I was three and zero as an amateur. And it was really the first thing I ever got out of fighting. Is like they flew me down to Costa Rica. They paid for all my meals. They paid for my uh, hotel. And I got to fight this hometown hero. And I ended up. Uh, Arm barring him in the third round, and uh, wow, wow. I, I don't. Am I? You can tell me if I'm being culturally insensitive. Here, here comes the race. Was so there a riot afterwards? I mean, you don't go. You know, you should have been told pro wrestling style. You put the guy over in his hometown. You know, what I you mean? could have done the Bernard Hopkins and then tear the Costa Rican <laughs> yeah. flag. But then you got to get the fuck out of town for that. Yeah, they they definitely weren't happy that uh, I went down there and beat their guy up, and they actually flew me back down to defend my title. Oh, so shit. So it, this was for an amateur title down there? Amateur title, man. Well, the Ticos didn't, they didn't like you, huh? No, no, but... How, what happened in the second fight? Uh, I fought their next, like, up-and-coming guy, and it was actually a five-round war. Like, I, I remember, like, I almost armbarred him in, like, the first round, and, like, I, I felt his arm, like, snap when I was armbarred him, and the dude, like, fought through it. And like the crowd was going wild, and then it ended up being like a crazy fight that I, I got the win. It's by decision? Decision. Wow, you even went to the I home <laughs> town of this motherfucker and got the decision. hard down there in Costa Yeah, Rica. and it was Damn. fun, though. Uh, especially like my dad was there, my brother was there, all my uncles came out, oh, yeah. my cousins. Like, by the way, hit Matt Favola's dad wearing a Daryl Strawberry Mets jersey. I got to get behind which that. Which is about the coolest thing I've ever fucking I, I got to get behind that in a big way. Yeah, yeah I got to tell you, the dad, the son combo with the t shirt game today, on point. On point. Hey, on that, point. That's well how done. we do it. And I don't mean for you to put that bullseye on your chest, but. On this series, Room Service Diaries, Ray Longo might be the best interview we ever had, Luke, okay? So, he was pretty uh, good. Yeah, you know, can, can Can Matt Favola follow that? I want to ask you this, uh, Steamroller, because you are like, you have the spirit of like the everyday MMA fan, but you're in the job. So you get to, like we said, you have this balls out, badass style. You get to almost play the video game style in real life. Like, I know this is real for you. This is your profession. This is your life. But do you even have pinch me moments like right now? Like when you walk out at Madison Square Garden, like are you like, holy shit, I'm I could be in the stands like that, and that might be me in a few years. Who knows? Like like, you do have that everyman vibe. Are you still like, are you embracing? This is what I am. I'm a, I'm a UFC fighter. Or is it still weird to you? No, I embrace. This is crazy, man. I mean, I like to think of myself as a man of the people, you know, because I am. I'm just like a, a normal dude, you know. I'm a I've been a UFC fan, like I'm a sports fan, and. Uh, I'm just a, a tough motherfucker. I mean, and I and I work hard, and and I go for it. I mean, I know that you know on my best day I'm capable of beating anybody in the world, and I just got to go out there and go for it, and I, and prepare the best I know how, and uh, leave everything I got in the cage. And as long as I do that, win, lose or draw, I'm I'm happy with it. You know, it's interesting. A lot of fighters we talk to. They're like, yeah, I don't watch MMA. Like, I do it. But, like, Robbie Lawler, for example, is like, I don't watch this shit. But then you get some, like, you guys were like, you're all in. How did you become an MMA fan? Um, you know, I th it was Matt Serra. You know, watching Matt Serra knock out GSP and then watching Chris Weidman knock out Anderson Silva. If my math is right, before the Weidman one, uh, the Serra-GSP one, you would have been a junior in high school? Yeah. Right. Yep, yep. And, uh... 
just watching and then knowing those guys are Long Island guys too. I'm like, these guys can go out there and, you know, become champion of the world, you know. Why not me? You know, I, I, I'm a tough guy. I, you know, I thought I was a tough guy coming up. I mean, uh, you're a tough guy. Yeah, yeah. right. And, yeah, that's uh, not. No one's <laughs> certified gangster. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, honestly, in high school, I was a football player, man. I what was, was your a, position? I was a linebacker and a fullback. Were you the free? Uh, you were the linebacker, okay? Yeah. Uh, and the fullback. They don't do a lot of fullbacks anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore, man. And I didn't get the ball either. I just blocked. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't the Mike. Was Mike Allstott a fullback? Yeah. Mike yeah. But uh, with Tampa Bay, right? Yep, Mike Allstott. Yep, exactly. So did you wrestle at all in high school? I did, and but uh, I wrestled really because it made you better at football. <laughs> How so? I mean, you double egg somebody, and then a tackle is pretty easy. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. so just to work on your form. Yeah, yeah, and you know, wrestling, high school wrestling, those practices are still, you know, some of the hardest, hardest practices out there. You know, I played uh, lacrosse, I played football, and I wrestled, and like. During the wrestling season, I hated every second of it, especially because, you know, I'm, I'm a, a big guy, a natural big guy. You see my dad over there, you know. Um, I like to eat. And then in high school wrestling, I wrestled at 160, which is crazy, you know, like almost like 15 years later, I'm fighting at 155. But I wrestled at 160, and it was like I couldn't eat, like, pizza bagels after dinner, and I was pissed. <laughs> like, <laughs> to be fair, pizza bagels are the pizza shit. Pizza bagels yeah, are yeah, fucking yeah. amazing. Let's just be honest about it. But yeah. uh, how many years did you wrestle? I wrestled uh, four years of high school and Jesus. one year of middle school. Uh, give me, for folks who may not have ever wrestled in high school, give me an example of a practice that you would be like, Jesus, I just want this to be over. This is awful. Give me an example. Yeah, you know, you start out with that uh, Mazzola, my, my old wrestling coach, uh, Greg Mazzola. He would have us do reaction drills, which is just all just wrestling stuff that I don't even remember now. But And then it's just just wrestling, man, takedowns, and it's exhausting. It's And I would always, like, see this guy, Mason, who, like, was a chubby guy too. And I, whenever we were doing, like, hard drilling and stuff, me and him would meet eyes. And I would always be like, all right, Mason, this is my easy, my easy round right here. But um, it definitely molded me, man. It molded me into into an athlete. You know, I was I was a little chubby kid until I wrestled, and then I lost all my baby fat and I became an athlete. And so, at what point does it dawn on you through for folks? Again, we talked about this a little bit um, before the that we went live, which was you were an officer in the United States Army Reserve. Uh, thank you for your service. I really mean that. And, you know, at what point between leaving Long Island, going to Tampa, trying all this stuff, at what point did you like, now, wait a second, I, I think I can do this really well, not just being inspired, but actually thinking this can actually be a job for me. You know, it had to be the, those Costa Rica fights. You know, when I finished that guy that was 9-0 and and I had my first, like, amateur title, I remember, the, like, after that fight, I had, like, this, like, cardboard, like, title that I was so proud of. <laughs> and I remember, like, I just finished it. I get all suited up. I put, like, my belt around my waist, and I walk out there getting ready to party. And then I just, like, see the guy I just beat up over there, like, looking like he's crying. And I'm like, oh, man, like, sorry, bro, you know. <laughs> But after that, <laughs> after that, I was like, man, you know, maybe I could do something with this. I didn't know Stifler from American Pie was going to make it, but this is great. This has turned out wonderful. He's going to start mean? joking about banging our mothers. <laughs> it, 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 we'll it, it, I mean, here's the thing, though. He swings big. So we catch Matt Favola at an incredible time with a three-fight win streak all by knockout. But, Luke, you love stats. You live for them. I do. I got a stat from Dick Boy. Let's hear it. Richard Mann, you yep. know, from Fight Metric. Yes. That, that is just mind-blowing. In his last three fights, Matt Frivola 
has averaged nine knockdowns per 15 minutes of fight that time. That is uh, Just physically absurd. absurd. Yeah. Nine knockdowns Unheard. per 15 Unheard. minutes. That's a man who sees an opportunity, doesn't wait long to weigh the odds, and goes after it. Yeah, you know, a lot of those knockdowns I could thank uh, to uh, the toughest guy I ever fought, uh, Valdez, the Mexican gangster zombie, I call him, because I kept knocking that guy down. He kept coming back up, like, throwing. That guy Mike, was tough. You know what? Well, let me ask you about that one. Did Mike Beltran let that one go a little too long? I would say so. Yeah, I, I thought so, too. So. He, you had him roughed up maybe like 30 seconds before he wrapped it up. Yeah, but I'll give it to Valdez. He kept getting up, he and did. he kept getting up throwing. He did. I he mean, was, to be fair, if you carry the facial hair that suggests you stabbed a man at the Ultima concert, <laughs> then you're probably going to let him fight a little longer just to make How sure. How many times you know? have you thrown batteries at Shea Stadium is really the only question we have to ask. Oh, my God. Never? I, I never, but I do love Shea Stadium. We grew up there. Uh, that that was our shithole, all right? Yeah, our yep. shithole, okay? Yep. I was at a Subway Series game in the World Series. I went oh, with nice. one of them back oh, in the day. Was that the uh, Bobby Jones one-hitter when they eliminated the Giants in 2000? Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about with yeah. the, the Mike Hampton three-hit shot? out against the Cardinals, you, you know? Yeah. Hey, we're coming. I mean, it's a rough year right now for the Mets, but uh, but we're coming. All right, let's circle back here a little bit. So where do you feel like you're at in your career at the present moment as we talk to you today? I'm at, I mean, I'm at the, the peak right now. I mean, three-fight three, three fight win streak. I'm in the prime of my life right now. I'm 33 years old. I've been doing this for a long time. And uh, I'm, I'm ready for big fights, you know. I, I want what I've earned. I think I've been in the UFC now for almost for six years. You know, I've got great fights. I've got wins. I've got losses. But I'm on a roll right now. And uh, I'm hoping to get some fight news and a nice new contract and a big fight for hopefully MSG. You know, when you say big fight, people are going to be like, Patty frickin' Hamlet. Yeah, that's the fight. He, he's, he, his correspondence is that he wants to fight you as well. Yeah. So has it just come down to UFC pick the date here? Exactly. I think it comes down to the UFC. Like a lot of people are saying, you know, Patty's scared. Patty, you're just going to knock him out, which is really crazy to me, you know, because pe people have been counting me out my entire career. You know, three fights ago, people were telling me I didn't belong in the UFC. I couldn't take a shot. I got knocked out in seven seconds. What are you even doing there? And, you know, it was tough. You know, a lot of people. And then even after that fight, everyone... You know, they give me the undefeated 10-0 Valdez. Everyone said he was going to beat me up. And then they give me undefeated uh, Ottman. They said he was going to get me. And then they give me Dober. They say he was going to get me. So it's kind of weird being on the other side, and now everybody's saying that, like, this guy's scared of me. It's like, keep keep the same attitude, you know, three fights ago when you said I didn't even belong in the UFC. Yeah, they don't care. I mean, social media, they're only as good as your last fight in their eyes. And you might not be ever good in most of their eyes because they're a bunch of a-holes. But uh, I get what you're saying. It can change quickly in terms of whether they roast you or toast you. But this does feel like you and Patty, like the right fight at the right time for both of you. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's on a four-fight win streak. He's got three finishes. And he's got a lot of hype, and uh, and he's a good fighter, man. He's he's very slick with his jujitsu. He throws, he goes for it on the feet, and it's an exciting fight, man. Like just the build up, the atmosphere is what I'm looking for forward to, and then uh, putting on a great fight, man. And a lot of people forget that uh, I got some jujitsu myself. I got okay. some grappling myself, and so I'd be interested to uh, to grapple with him a little bit. All right, so let's talk about Patty Pimblett now. I don't, I mean, it would be great for the collects if you said outrageous shit about him, but I'm actually not interested in that. I actually feel like you're a pretty fair guy. So let's talk about his game. 
I think on the good side, I'm not saying this is comprehensive, but I think on the good side, it's fair to say good back control, good submissions from the back, good ability to maintain it, right? He's really strong from that position, holding, attacking the whole nine yards. Seems to be a gamer as well. He seems to be a gamer. Yeah, he wants to smoke for the most part, I think. Uh, the bad side would be he leaves his chin out on a plate to get decked, right? Yes. Is that a fair assessment of his game or what am I missing? Yes, it is. I think he, he's the most dangerous in his transitional jujitsu, like the way he caught uh, Jordan Levitt's arm, you know, with the rear naked choke. Right. Um, and, you know, his jujitsu is high level, um, but he does leave his chin out there. And I know, you know, Jared Gordon was catching him uh, here and there, but uh, he was eating him and, and still coming forward. Um, and I mean, that's what excites me. You know, I want a guy that's going to go in there and go for it. And I'm the same way. I go for it. And that's what makes an exciting fight. Do you like, I mean, it's kind of a weird question, right? I'm asking you, do you like your knockouts? Of course you do. But I guess I'm saying as you develop here, right? As you put three fights to win together. And, in, and I don't know if you know this, I, it's not fully true, but like in two of the three fights, you had just one in the streak. You were the underdog in them. And in several other ones against Pena, you were the underdog. You sort of, sort of outperform. But I guess what I'm wondering is, is there any part of you that, are you, fighters are always two ways. One, I don't get paid by the hour, fast as possible is the best, or I really have a desire at some point to showcase that I, you know, yes, can I bat down on the mouthpiece? Absolutely, but I'm not limited to that. Yeah, you know, after all those fights, I'm always like, I finish it in the first round. I'm like, oh man, you know, I still got, I, I wish I could fight more. You know, I got more I want to show. And I still, I've got like so many weapons that I'm excited to show the world in the octagon, you know. But I'm I'm never mad at a first round finish. You okay, know? well, well, some of the spirit of what he's asking, or at least how I interpret it, is: is this style? And to say you're all or nothing wouldn't be respectful to the complete game and the game planning you do and your team and all that. But you do swing big and go after it. Is that sustainable all the way to the top? Right, quick, quick, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think so. And and I've I've proved throughout my career that I can fight. You know, three round wars. And uh, a, lot of the, a lot of these fights, you know, I, I would win the first round, I would lose the second round. And then I remember going into the third round, you know, saying, you know, who the third round comes down to who wants it more, you know, and uh, nobody wants it more than me. And I always pride myself in winning that third round. And a lot of these fights, it came down to that third round in which I won. To, is, I know you said wrestling molded you. Do you think there's anything else that like made you that? You know what a fucking man you got to be to walk around with a Daryl Strawberry <laughs> jersey? Yeah, the that best is, kind, yeah. Dude, that is amazing. That yeah, is great. Yeah. It's like a Len Bias jersey in, no, in Maryland. Come on. I'm All just right. saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm going to say my dad over there definitely molded me. And then my twin brother over here, the the cheese roller. You, oh, oh, so he's a twin, this he guy. He's my twin. Yeah, man. but like fraternal. Yeah, fraternal. Okay. Yep, yep. <laughs> Luke, just like to clarify, I don't see the same I eye mean, of the I, tiger I and his brother. You know? I didn't, so I hadn't seen you yet, and one of the other producers had, and they're like, yeah, he brought a friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the cheese roll has been helping me out a lot, and ever since we've been kids, you know, we've been competing our entire lives and scrapping our entire lives. And you know, I was I was the linebacker. He was the safety. I've beaten up many free kids or, for him. Free or he was a, he was a strong safety. Okay. He he would come up and hit people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he was he was never the fighter. You know, he was like the lover. I was like the fighter. 
And like he was the talker. I was like, I don't talk too much. I kind of just talk with these right here. <laughs> and uh, there's definitely been times, you know, growing up where somebody, every, everybody knew that like if you messed with him, you messed with me and like vice oh, you, versa. So you were the hockey goon. Yeah, you were the enforcer, <laughs> dude. That is amazing. That's I mean, listen. I like the steamroller identity. Don't get me wrong; it's great. It works. Hockey enforcer or some kind of enforcer type. That's a that's a, that's a great thing to be. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's awesome. Uh, before we get off the Patty Pimble thing, I do want to finish there. So let's imagine a world where you win, and not just that. Let's imagine a world where the streak continues, and it looks like it has. That is the kind of win you achieve. You know, you can imagine what that might mean. Where are you then? What does that actually do for you in real terms? I think, you know, after I beat Patty, hopefully at MSG, I think we're, we're two fights away from a title fight. I think I, I think I beat Patty, and then maybe I, I, I beat Dan Hooker after that, and then maybe I, I beat uh, Justin Gagey for the BMF belt after that, and then we fight for the title. Dude, okay, I got to say it's a Dan that's Hooker, not, Justin Gagey thing. His vision board has bloodstains <laughs> on it, okay? Jesus. I mean, good Lord. I mean, you got to have a plan, and I love that ambition and how you see the <laughs> you future. Search this guy for but shivs, man. Seriously, if you forget B, if you fought Patty Pimblett at MSG in like a sort of people's main event type of spot where it's like the fight everybody's talking about. That would be massive enough for your career in terms of like the phone picking up and your DMs getting probably crazy and gross and I hope you'll show them to me. But if you beat him there, that's almost like a title win when you beat somebody who has that much hype and, and momentum behind him that you you wouldn't even need to be like, okay, what's my ranking? Where do I fit in the title picture? I feel like you'd be getting, you know, the momentum shift to that to go all the way to the top. You know? Yeah, definitely. And then Dave Portnoy will know that he made the wrong choice. Oof. <laughs> are, are, are you surprised? You know what? Like, I'm not an anti-Dave Portnoy guy. We, we actually met him for the uh, Paul, was it Silva? Okay, but while I'm not an anti-Dave Portnoy or a big cat guy, they refuse to sell any of our material on air. Yes, that is They true. made that a conscious true. decision that they will not sell for us. And so that it was what it was. You know? uh, I'm not, but I, I was surprised that I, it, Patty is popular, but the scouting report at a bare minimum has to note his deficiencies Everyone has them. His are quite noticeable. Are you surprised that they went kind of all in on that without, I don't know, due well, diligence? They, they did the same thing with Meatball. They should have picked uh, Blanchfield, right? Uh, probably. Yeah, well, not really. I mean, I think they, <laughs> they, signed, they signed him when, like, he was, I think he like, just won his first UFC fight and he was blowing up. Um, but I was kind of pissed about it. You know, I've, I, love, I love Dave Portnoy. I love Barstool. I love Big Cat. I love all those guys. I was a day one stoolie, like, growing up on Barstool. PFT um, commentator? Yeah, man. I, I love them all. And uh, I remember when I found out, I was like, oh, they signed Patty Pimblett to a seven-figure deal. I'm like, are you kidding me, man? I, I've been a day one stoolie. How, how are you not going to support your uh, Northeast day one guys? Uh, did you, did you, have you ever told him this? I mean, I definitely sent him a DM. I don't think. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> did you really? Yeah, I don't think he read it. How, <laughs> how cordial was it? I think it was good uh, from what I remember. Uh, <laughs> Were you intoxicated? No, I wasn't. I was. I was just, uh, I think I just let him know I was a day one stoolie and uh, you got to support your own and I'm um, coming for your boy. And ever since he signed him, that's kind of what made me want to fight Patty the most was that Barstool chose them. And I was like, all right, you know, you're going to choose your champion. I'm going to take him out. What has UFC told you about the likelihood this will happen? UFC has told me nothing yet, okay. which I mean, I'm hoping to get news soon. You know, from it looks like Patty's training for a fight. Looks like he's going to be ready by the end of the year. And all the interviews that he says, 
he says he I'm the I'm the easiest route to the top 15. So and I love that he thinks that because that's that's what everyone thinks. Hold on, I got I got one more in this. What would the crowd be like if it is MSG? Because in fairness, you are the hometown guy. I do think they'll represent. He has a gigantic following that will matter, and especially from New York. Obviously, getting uh, the fans from England. Oh man, I think it would be electric. I think you're it gonna would be pretty good, wouldn't it? I was just going to tell you that I think it'd be atop the marquee. This could be a co-main event, could oh, be right. the, or a featured fight below the title fight to top of it. Like it would be a major deal, especially with the questions about Patty and his most recent fight mixed with the all or nothing style that you bring, mixed with the fact that you are on the verge of major contention anyway, whether you fight him or not. That's the fight to make. I hope they make that fight. Um, you already fought at MSG though last year. I grew up in Connecticut, so MSG is, is always gonna be the, the cathedral. You know, I, I always say everything you put in there, concert, circus, hockey game is the best version of that that you've ever seen. Um, I fought there twice, by the way. It, actually describe what that feels like. Cause you were actually, you were in a preliminary fight last time. So it was your second appearance at MSG, but it was, you know, per, it was a pretty mm -hmm. good placement. To walk us through when you walk out and how different that is at an arena like that. And it also happens to be more or less your hometown. It, it's unreal. It's the most famous arena in the world. And um, the first time I fought at MSG was actually the, the craziest thing for me because, you know, I was an undefeated amateur I was 5-0 uh, and going into Contender Series, won that fight, was 6-0 and going into the UFC. So I was pretty, you know, young in my career. And then I have my UFC debut, and I get knocked out in the first round, my first loss ever. You know, before that, I thought I was like, I thought nobody, I thought I was unstoppable. You know, I had no game plan going into fights. I was just like, I'm, what do you mean? I'm just going to go in there and steamroll them. That's what I do. But my first, my UFC debut, I lost. And I, and from right then, I was like, all to right. a guy no longer in the UFC. Very yeah. surprising. Yeah, exactly. And uh, after that, you know, I had to reassess everything. You know, again, Ray Longo got my head on straight, got me using my head, you know. And uh, and then after that, they uh, they offered me uh, Lando Venata at, at Madison Square Garden, coming off my first loss ever. And I mean, I remember Lando, I've been watching Lando for a long time, you know. I've watched him almost beat Tony Ferguson. His, his UFC debut. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I knew Lando, was, I knew him for a long time. And, uh, and to be fighting like the first name, the first guy that I've known, coming off my first loss, and at Madison Square Garden, it was a huge fight for me. And uh, and then I, you know, just walking out, like I had the all my friends, all my family, everybody was there. And uh, and then that fight was insane. You know, my, me and Lando, we come out round one. He like drops me with a head kick in like the first like like 30 seconds, and then I, and like my mouthpiece goes flying out of my mouth. And then I come back and like I'll end up like rocking him at the end of. Uh, at the end of the first round and then he comes out and just beats my ass in the second round and then again it came down to that third round and i was i don't lose the third rounds man it comes down to who wants it more and uh, i ended up uh, winning that third round and uh the fight ended up being a draw a majority draw so two of the judges said that lando 10 aided me in the second Ooh. round and then the one judge said he 10 nine me so the okay, one but be fair did he no, no I, I won that fight. I won that fight, man. And uh, so the one judge said that I won, and two judges said it was a draw. So it was a majority draw. But I won that fight. <laughs> All right, you hear about the, the late finishing ability, the ability to rise to the occasion in the championship round or the, or the decisive round. Kind of feels some Robbie Lawler vibes, right? Some Robbie Lawler vibes. It's a little different, though. It's a little bit more... Uh... 
chase you down the street with a shot off shotgun, a shot off shotgun energy. You know what I'm saying? There's a, little, there's a little bit more. You know what? It's a little bit more maniac. I mean, Robbie had a maniac, but it felt like he was. Like, I don't know. How would you say Robbie was? How do you feel like the comparison is? I love it, man. Robbie Lawler's Rob, a Robbie's legend. Robbie's the man, yeah. Oh, he's a legend. I, I think I, I think I like talk a little bit more. I'm like a little bit more funny than him. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit more of a joke, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he did kind of live that serial cyborg killer mindset the whole time. Yeah. You know, just the same expression. But um, you rose to the occasion. That's been a consistent theme. You're part of action fights, which has been a consistent theme. What is the crowd's effect? We're talking about being at Madison Square Garden and being in a war, and I, you know, you know what it's like when the, the crowd gets the first taste that oh, this fight's going to be special. This is good. Yeah. Wait, I better, I better get ready. I better <laughs> buckle in. How much does that actually affect you in the cage when you know you're in the midst of a war? I love it, man. There's no better feeling than hearing the steamroller chants like throughout the arena while I'm fighting. Um, I would say the one time where it might have like uh, like affected me like a little bit uh, was when I fought Ottman at MSG, and then I started hearing the USA chants. That like fired me up so much. I was like, and I almost just like threw my game plan out the window and just like went for the kill when I started hearing USA chants. But uh, I kept my composure. Can we talk about Ray Longo and your relationship to him a little bit? Namely, uh, I have other questions I want to ask about it, but the way on the the one at the top of my mind is. Explain to me in the most clear terms you can specifically what Ray Longo has done to your striking game. What has he done to it? He he got stones in my hands. He developed stones in my hands. And um, it was really, you know, after after that Terrence fight, you know, after that Terrence fight, I was questioning everything. I, I, I Terrence went, McKinney, the uh, seven-second knockout or whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. I get knocked out in seven seconds. And uh, it was tough, man, because... The one thing about me fighting is like I want to go out there and I want to show the world, you know, my years of hard work. I want to show them all what I'm capable, even even in a losing effort. As long as I go in there and I show, you know, my technique, I show my training, I put on a great fight, um, you know, I'm happy with it. But that that seven second loss, I didn't get to do anything. I didn't even get to fight him. I walk out, he throws a perfectly timed one two, and I'm out. Um, and then after that, you know, I, I, I went to work for my dad after that and my brother. Like, I went to the construction site. I put, oh, my, wow. hard, I put my hard hat on. I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Uh, and it was tough, man. I mean, and they, they even, like, they told me, like, they, they believed in me. They, they let me come to work just so I could know how much it sucked to, like, want to go back to the gym, you know? Yeah, you're just shitting on their lives right yeah, now. Yeah, well, <laughs> This kind of like, sounds like the end of Google hunting. Like, I, yeah. I got a taste of my family's life, and it was hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, they, they, I'm teasing. I mean, you know, I'm just we're all just having a good no, time. No, but here. they gave me they gave me the worst job too. They had me just like loading sheetrock up like oh, flights yeah. of stairs. See, that's like, parenting. He's trying. Dude, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Construction, putting shingles on a roof in July. Yeah. Dude, that's that's an honest living. That's an dude, honest living. Eight hours a day of loading sheetrock up the stairs. It no was rough. Joke. And so you got you got to wash down a day like that with some cold ones. So what was the canned beer of choice in your upbringing in Huntington, New York? Because Ooh. for me, it's like bush light can. I'll always be back home. You know what I'm saying? It, Bud Light. I mean, when I was I just oh, that's chugging that's pretty I was, disgusting. Uh, chugging yeah. Bud Light. I mean, I I don't I'm not like a big drinker, but when I do drink, like I drink, you know. Um, what is your drink? <laughs> 
<laughs> He's like, I'm not like a big I fighter, mean, but when I do go for the knockout, I splatter guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, drink. I mean, I'm I'm liking that Funk Harbor. Shout out to oh, Al Jermaine. Get the, <laughs> get, the, get the fuck out. <laughs> Before Funk Harbor existed, you had a favorite drink. What was it? Um, at a Blue Moon. I like I like Blue. Hey, you know what? I'm not against a Blue Moon. Yeah. Wouldn't be my well, favorite. Well, despite your tough exterior and Marine Sergeant, you know, mindset. I did reach the rank of sergeant. Yeah. You you um you do buy drinks with umbrellas in it. I'm I do. The, I'm that is the true. Freaking regular. That is true. You know what Luke's up move is? He's like, let me find the the most absurd drink for thirty three dollars. Yeah. Let me try one taste and go. Ah, they make it like shit here and just push it. To the let side. me tell, let me That's tell you, your go to move. So dude. you're thirty three, right? Do you have thirty three relative to how I feel now? I, it's like being Superman, okay? And I, I I've been I've been just swallowing kryptonite for eleven years. I used to drink like a motherfucker. Like, yeah, I, you know, I got, well, there was one time the NYPD had to wake me up with nightsticks because I had fallen asleep <laughs> on someone's porch, like the whole bit. But I can't drink like that anymore. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. can't. I'm a fighter who took too many punches, and I'm in my 40s now. So Yeah, you're Chuck Liddell. Shave the mohawk already. So, so yeah. we know what I do? I, get, I buy two cocktails. I get two cocktails off the cocktail menu, and that does me right. What, what, where's the crime? What, yeah. what, what crime did I commit? Hey, you found, you found what you like and what works for you. Yes. Fucking fruity-ass drinks. Yep, they're yep. my favorite. Does that, shit, does guy. that does that come with uh, a tampon, Luke? Uh, you know what? I, I would I would because I've uh, seen you tackle three margaritas, and I know it, how it ends. It was right? a, you know, listen, it wasn't my finest day. Right, it wasn't my right, finest. All right. Day. Yep, yep. But uh, going back to so I was working uh, construction. I probably did like a week of construction before I was like, all right, this sucks. I got to make fighting work, and then I go back to the gym. How long were you out of the gym for this period? Uh, not probably a week. I probably did like a week of uh, working, and then uh, I go back to the gym and I and I have a sit down with uh, with Longo, and he looks at me in the eyes and he says, "We're not going out like that." He yes, says, dude. He, this is like a movie. This is unfailing like a dude, movie. Dude, he's right got here. the chill. Yes. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, he says we're not going out like that. He tell he says that I'm a talented fighter. He believes in me, and he says that I could win a lot of fights in the UFC, and that let's get back to it. Let's get back to the basics. And I said, you know, Ray Longo, lead me, lead me to the promised yeah. land. And uh, we started this boxing class and he wanted me to work on my hands a lot. And uh, we started this boxing class where we would just cut the, cut the cage in like fours. So it was like close quarter boxing. And we would just get a bunch of boxing rounds in. And uh, I think that really, you know, developed my awareness and, and using my head, you know, baiting people, setting people up, seeing the punches, moving my head and, uh, and then I was working with Ray, hitting mitts with him just on the basics, really. And, uh, you know, ever since, ever since that convo with him, you know, I've been on a, a three-fight win streak, all knockouts with my hands. Yeah. So Ray Longo developed these, these stones in my hands, and, uh, and we're going to keep it going. You should, you should have posters that say, get stoned with Ray Longo. I'd sign up right away. <laughs> I want to clarify one thing. Are you also saying that he helped you develop specifically your power? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And and my timing and my awareness and using my head, you know. Uh, again, like I said before, when I was undefeated amateur and I was undefeated pro, uh, you know, I was going in there with no game plan. I was like, I'm going to fight my fight and they're going to deal with it. And then I knew at the highest level in the UFC that doesn't work. You know, everybody's good. So you got to really watch tape. You got to break people down. You got to come in with a game plan. And, uh, and he really developed that with me. And uh, we worked on my boxing, you know, because I, I, love, I love throwing kicks. I, like, I was a big Crow Cop fan, so mm. I was always in there, like, throwing kicks. I love Muay Thai. I love elbows and knees. Um, and boxing was, like, I was always like, well, boxing? Come on, man. I, I got too many weapons just for hands. And then Ray just w drilled in the, uh, the sweet science with me, and uh, I fell in love with it. 
and uh, you know the the results are showing. You got a favorite boxer? Uh, Canelo, man, I'm the I'm the Canelo of the <laughs> UFC. Wow, <laughs> that, they should have put you on UFC Noche. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what what is it about his game that you like? In a sombrero, dude. I just <laughs> here come. Don't do the racism. Dude. We leave that. We leave that away. Dude, I just I just love uh, his his awareness. Like I, I love like his body shots. Uh, I'm starting to fall in love with like the liver shot and uh, and just finding those body shots, those body heads and. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people say I either look like uh, Conor McGregor or Canelo, so. Now, now, Saul, you know I love you. We go back a long way. But are you okay with Canelo's aggressive tattoo move in which he got his wife's eyeballs on the side of his arm, yeah. which in theory means she's always watching. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, there's, there's love and there's limits and there's passion. And are you okay with that move? I mean, I wouldn't do it, but... Uh... You know, it seems to be working for him. You've got, what, y Yantra tattoos on your back? Yeah, I got the Sakyan. I've been in Thailand uh, three times. Like, uh, I fought out there. Uh, it's good work. Oh, I love it, man. I always, like, whenever I'm out there, like, I feel like I'm just so dialed in. I'm away from my family. I'm away from my friends. I kind of, I, I see it as a, a training trip, you know, and uh, a traincation, I used to call Where do you, it. Which, which gym do you go to? I would go to uh, Phuket, and I trained at Tiger Muay Thai a bunch, and, uh, and I, I would train at a bunch of gyms. Uh, the first time I was there, I actually went to uh, Bangkok, and I trained at like a, just a strict Muay Thai gym. There was no MMA there, and like I really like engulfed myself in uh, like Muay Thai. And like they had these Thai fighters there; they've been fighting, training their entire life. And I would just like do everything they did, mm. and uh, and it definitely got my game to the next level. They, did they fuck you up a little bit? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the hardest part? Like, what were you struggling with technically when you had to spar or work with them? Well, I would say at first, you know, uh, just like getting off the plane, I started went right into training, and uh, you, it's like I was from just, the airport to the gym. Yeah, I just yeah. went right to the gym, and uh, like I was just sweating so much. And by like the second or third day, my whole body was just cramping, and that's when I found oh, out wow. by like electrolyte powders. Yeah. So I started drinking these electrolyte powders, which brought me back to life. Uh, but just like the grind out there, it's two t two training sessions a day, Muay Thai, and uh, the regiment that they always do. It's like always you run, you shadow box, or you run, you jump rope, you shadow box, you do bag work, you do pad work, you do clinching, and then you do sparring every day, twice a day, mm. a two hour practice. And uh, just just the regiment and the grind, um, I loved it, man. And uh, and just the traveling aspect too, you know, like uh, not, not knowing what anybody's saying, not knowing anybody there, like traveling around there. It you was, were completely solo? Like not even like a training partner or a coach? Yeah, it was just me for the first month. But, and then of course my dad and my brother and my, Holy my wife met me out there. <laughs> I, I can't go anywhere without these guys, so. <laughs> So, okay, so, I mean, how many of those fucked up shows did you watch in Thailand with, with your bros? <laughs> oh, we went to a ping pong Was, was it the Pat Pong District? Is that what it's called? Pat Patong. Patong. Yeah, Patong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those Are you ping glorifying the sex trade? Where are we going with this? No, dude, they got, they got, how would you say it? It's like a, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's not a, like Amsterdam's red light district, but it's like that, but more. Yeah, it's a, they're, they're, they did some crazy shit there. Uh, but the ping pong shows were, I had to, I had to go, man. I had to go check it out. See you are degenerate. Good. I mean, let's just be honest. <laughs> You're mean, a yeah. Jets fan, bro. You're a Jets fan. <laughs> I am who I am. Uh, how are you feeling about the season? 
Uh, I mean, we're going to win the Super Bowl this Get year. What are you doing? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Come on, Aaron Rodgers. Listen, I'll give you, I think he's going to have a great season. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying Super Bowl. You're no, we're, we're coming for it. At least, or at least do a, you know, a great run. And uh, I'm, I still love Zach Wilson, too. I mean, I love Aaron Rodgers. But I think Aaron Rodgers, give him two, three years, one Super Bowl, just mold Zach Wilson into the future star. And then Zach Wilson's going to, you know, lead us into our uh, dynasty. Bro, there's going to be, it hasn't happened yet, but I can't wait for the New York media versus Aaron Rodgers all blowout, you know, war. It's coming. I don't know when. But it will be a glorious day to watch from afar. I will tell oh, you it's going to be great. <laughs> You're looking forward to it? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm trying to uh, – I definitely want to go to a bunch of Jets games this year and uh, try to get on the field and, like, meet those players, man. That's like I mean, one you're, of – Yeah, you're in a point where you could actually potentially party with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no, right? man, that's, like, the, my favorite thing out of, like, this whole fighting UFC thing is that I get to, like – connect with like I've, I've been I threw out the first pitch at the Mets game which is oh, insane yeah. I'm like buddies with the Coens now you know and now, the owners yep the owners of the Mets and then uh I got to go to the Islanders game in the owners box and now I'm buddies with Barzell I'm training with Barzell damn you like all the teams I hate <laughs> fuck man. okay do you, do you is there a line though because if at Zuck calls you up and's like hey man I just finished rolling with Vulcanizzi Want to roll, bro? I mean, do you do you take that call? Because Luke Luke's got a few things to say about. Nah, that. I don't care anymore. Of Who course, cares? I'm taking that call. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't care. If you're trying to set me up to do some stupid, I'm rant, always no. setting you up, mm -hmm. Luke. I'm not doing that. Uh, real quick, I do want to go through this Islanders. How are you feeling about them? Hockey starts in like what, 42 days, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's coming. Hey, I think we got a great team, and uh, Barzell's a man, and I love that he he loves uh, MMA, he loves the UFC. Is that right? And he's like fascinated by it, which which is like so cool, man. Especially like all all these, you know, uh, baseball players, football players, hockey players, they have so much respect for fighters, because you know we're not in there playing a game, you know, we're in there fighting. And uh, these guys are millionaires, you know, and they have so much respect for us, which is, is so cool, man. And uh, I'm excited to go to a bunch of Islanders games and, uh, and watch, the, watch them crush it. All right. You're a degenerate Knicks fan, right? I am. I am. Um, I mean, what do, you, what do you want to say about this? Now, you know what? I'm a Washington Commanders guy, so we had the worst owner, but now he's gone. So I feel like y'all got the worst owner. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I don't think that's all that unfair. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a big basketball uh, basketball guy, but the Knicks are my team, and I'm rooting for them. Fuck the Knicks. <laughs> you know what? Isn't Connecticut a piece of shit state? It is, right? It's a no, piece of shit no, state. No, no, no. Connecticut is hardworking, blue-collar people. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, it's it's a lot of you. Uh, I'm, I'm, you like Connecticut? It sucks, right? I mean, it's not horrible. He's we, gotten on the boat and went to Bridgeport a few times, yep, rolled the yep. dice a little what bit. What is your more. hometown like? Uh, Set the table for us. Yeah, Huntington's a, a great time, man. Uh, I'm in the the old Frivola Beach House. Uh, it's been in my family for five generations, wow. and we live uh, right on the North Shore of Long Island, right on the water. And uh, now it's a big family house. It's like me and my wife on one side, my brother on, and his wife on the other side. My dad's got the basement apartment down here, and then we rent out the other apartment down here to one of my buddies who I grew up with. <laughs> This sounds like a party house, A, and is it? You have an incubator. <laughs> this is right on Long Island Sound, right? Like right out your yep, back window. Yep, yep. This is this is great, Luke. Uh, so you're from Huntington. So I always go on the Wikipedia page to see where does he fit in the hierarchy in his hometown, because like I think that's 
in, in reality, everyone's deep goal inside, can I get on my hometown's Wikipedia page? You got on your high school's Wikipedia page of, of like famous alumni, right? Uh, even, even that is. There you go. Then I looked That's at your price. your town, which has 200,000 people, right? Yep. Dude, you don't have a free, you, you could cure cancer and probably not make the top 10 with like Billy Joel and like uh, every uh, other uh, famous Billy person Billy Joel's from your hometown? Yeah. And we, we also got Chris Algieri. Chris Algieri is the other Huntington Haber. That's why I say, like, I'm the Huntington Hammer beside, behind uh, Chris Algieri. Dude, what's up with that place? That's amazing. What's, like, what's... I could read you the list. It would change your life. Keep talking. Chris Did... Algieri, we saw him in Vegas for uh, Spence Crawford. He's the man. Shouts oh, to Chris he's Algieri. Awesome. He's awesome. Yeah, super smart, too. Uh, and, uh, yeah, man, there's something in the water up in Long Island. And, uh, like, Long Island fighters were just tough, tough as nails. And then uh, that combined with our fearless leader, the godfather, Ray Longo, and then Matt Serra. Um, you know, we, we, we all train hard. We all, you know, help each other. And it's not, it's not like one of these like big ATT gyms where, you know, people are traveling all over to come from. Most of us are all just Long Island, New York guys who have a dream and come in here and work hard and help each other. And, uh, and it's, it's great to be a part of that. All right. From his, from his town here. Yeah, let's okay? Jason Alexander, Mariah Carey. Like the yeah, Jason, Al the Carey. Seinfeld Jason Alexander. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm John Coltrane, Jerry Cooney, Bob Costas. Jerry Cooney's the man. Shouts to Jerry Cooney. I mean, it, it, Edie Falco from, uh, you got Mark Gastineau, Jackie Gleason. Jesus. Tom Gugliotta, Wally Zerbiak, Sean Hannity. <laughs> Melissa oh, Joan Hart. Oh, am know, I being told that I have the... You're just giving out fake news? Mariah Carey went to my high school. Though. Okay, she actually she did go to his high school. I'm being told it's the surroundings <laughs> area there, but that's still a pretty impressive right. uh, breeding ground we, for talent. We can't let you out of here about, without covering some of the current headlines. So the Aljo Marab thing. Yeah. Now both of them have basically said it doesn't matter who you offer it to. We're gonna, we're going to let that person get it. But this has sort of been my thing. It's like Marab's getting beaten up a little bit for loyalty, which I can understand some of the criticism. But ultimately, it's like, was he offered the fight yet? Did UFC call him and say, here's the fight, do you want it or not? He didn't turn it down, right? They, they haven't done this yet. So how is the conversation even relevant? Yeah, that's true. And, you know, I can't understand how anybody could give Marab a hard time. Like, Marab is the nicest guy, the most helpful guy. Like, he's truly living the, the American Georgian dream. You know, a guy who comes from Georgia, loves America, loves his team, loves his family, and, uh, you know, he's loyal. And, and I think that's a little bit of what Long Island and, and has uh, gotten onto him is the loyalty. And, and you know, it's, it's not all about the money for him. He's made his money, man. And he's, he's got the relationships that we build through this. And that means more to him, than, to all of us, than the money is the, the relationships, the brotherhoods, the, and uh, the memories. And uh, I, respect, I respect him so much for how he's uh, handling this whole situation. And, you know, it could have really fucked with the team if he had gone in a different direction. It definitely could have. And uh, I, I think it makes sense for, uh, for him and O'Malley in December. I think it should be Marab and O'Malley in December. And uh, I, think, I, I don't think the UFC's offered that yet, but they should. Um, I will, I'll give you the argument against Marab. It's not a question of his commitment or courage. or There is you know, some people who complain about the Aldo fight being a little bit boring. But in general, people know he's a workhorse and a deserving one at that it's that your window to make any money it's just the criticism is fairly finite like when you get a ufc title opportunity like what percent of fighters ever get that you know not not many when you get one you have to seize it but my whole point is let's see if he 
accepts it when he's offered it. So yeah, deal with exactly. That. The time is now. You know, O'Malley wants to fight in December. Um, I think, uh, you know, Marab's ready to go in December. Um, if they, I, I don't think Aljo wants to fight in December. I think he wants his, like, his time off that That's he's earned. Um, so I think if, if O'Malley wants to fight in December, I think it's got to be Marab. I, I don't mind immediate rematches, but I will say in Aljo's case, um, his body was beaten up, like, even getting to the finish line. And then the knockout wasn't great. You know, he took some shots. Take some time off. I know he wanted it, but it's an important moment right now to recharge. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, me and Aljo fought on the same card at uh, 288. And then Aljo fought, what, like, last weekend? Like, I, I couldn't have been ready by last weekend, you know. I got my whole process after a fight. You know, I got to – I fight – and then uh, I'm the I'm the cream roller for a week, <laughs> you know. I give my I give myself a, a, you know a week to eat to to decompress to kind of let everything settle in, and then and then I get slowly get back on and and start uh, uh, working on my development, you know. Uh, and I think that's big, you know. You need you need your time. Sometimes these guys who rush, you know, fight after fight after fight, you don't develop as much. And um, you know, I think Aljo has he was kind of rushed into that fight. Like they, they announced him and O'Malley before he even got his x-rays for his foot that he banged up in the Cejudo fight. They mm -hmm. announced it. They pressured him into that fight. And, uh, you know, he, he wasn't even, I didn't even think he was going to take that fight. Like when they announced it, I was like, what do you mean, man? Uh, but he, he, you know, he got, he dialed in, he got ready the best he could. And he went in there and fought. Um, it didn't work out for him, but I give him I give him props for just making it to that fight uh, that soon, because uh, I couldn't have done it. <laughs> in terms of what happened, he he knows that he was he was lunging in, but has he said anything about it um, about like why it happened that way? Um, I think I, I think he told Bradley Martin maybe it was footwork of uh, yeah of his opponent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was saying that he was uh, O'Malley's uh, O'Malley's movement, his footwork, his feints. Were, were really big and uh, you know I think it was it was patience you know uh, in that first round Aljo had the patience O'Malley had the patience too but uh, uh, Aljo you know edged him out in that first round and then the second round was starting to go the same way but then Aljo went for it you know he, I think he he lost a little bit of the patience a little bit of focus yeah a little bit of focus and and I've I mean I'm the same way man like that's why one of my key words like during the fight I always tell that's my my brother's like one job in in the corner is to tell me patience 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 <laughs> uh, because sometimes I'm like all right let's just fucking fight man I just want to let's go for it <laughs> and I think Aljo kind of ha probably had a little bit of that feeling he threw that that straight left didn't move his head afterwards and he got caught and I mean you can you can break it down in so many ways. I mean, same thing for me with the Terrence fight. I looked at it so I was like, what went wrong? What did I do? And then it just came down to got caught. He got caught. And what about the Soryukian fight? That one? He's a hammer. I mean, like, we can just, yeah. Yeah, he's good, right? Dude, that, that's a funny one, actually, man, because uh, that, I remember going, I was supposed to fight Ottman for that fight, and that's mm -hmm. when Ottman uh, smuggled the bag in. Oh, and, at Fight Island or whatever. Yeah, it was yeah. a Fight Island during COVID. He like he like scaled the the uh, the uh, balconies, smuggled some bag in, and then got caught and got cut. And then uh, I remember weighing in, not having an opponent, 
And uh, Matt Arroyo at the time is like, I'm cutting weight. I'm like, I don't even have an opponent. I'm like, what am I doing right now? He's like, make weight. You know, you could be fighting McGregor. You could be fighting Chandler. You'd be fighting, you know, one of these guys, they'll have you. And I weighed in. I was an alternate. And then I go to the face-offs, not even knowing if I'm fighting. And they're like, all right, you're fighting Armin. I'm like, okay, man, let's go. And Damn. I had a... I had like a little bit of a backstory with Armin. So, uh, oh, from Tiger Muay Thai? Yep, yep. So it was before he was in the UFC. And I was out there at Tiger Muay Thai. And uh, I was the cream roller then. I was in, I was in, uh, I was like out of shape, man. And I was sparring. And I did a sparring round with Armin. And I, all I remember about that sparring session is he hit me with a spinning back kick to the chest. And it landed so good and knocked the wind out of me. I didn't go down or anything. I kept, I mean, I finished the round strong. But uh, he hit me with that spinning back kick, and I was just like, holy shit, that kid is good. And then I started looking him up after that, and I was like, that kid's going to be in the UFC one day. And then, I, I get, of course, he gets in the UFC. And, uh, and like, I remember being in Fight Island. I'm, I'm running around with Arroyo. This is, I'm still supposed to fight uh, Ottman. I see Armin. I shake his hand. I'm like, what's up, man? And then I'm running with Arroyo, who's managing me at the time. And I was like, Arroyo, you see that guy? We don't fight that guy until we're in the top 10. You know, and then just just so happens that like that week, the whole thing switches up and I end up fighting him. And I feel like that was a test for me. I was like, so how badly do you want to be a fighter? This was the, the I did not like like I remember him like hit me with that spinning back kick. I'm like, I know he's good, you know, and like and then the universe made everything happen and made like the worst, like what I didn't want the most to happen to test me whether I wanted to be a fighter or not. And I was like, all right, let's fucking do this. <laughs> I want to be a fucking fighter. Let's fucking go. And, uh, and then, like, because he hit me with that spinning kick, I thought he was going to try to stand with me. I thought he was going to strike with me. But then he comes out, and I think he, I hit him with a couple of right hands. And then after that, he wanted to wrestle the whole time. And uh, he out-wrestled me, man. He out-wrestled me. But that's one I want to get back. He's going to see him again. I was back. just going to say that. I know. I can, I can hear it. Back. I can hear I it in his voice. Back. He's, he's, he's the only guy who's actually beat me. The, the, first, the other guys who beat me, they caught me. They, they caught me in the first round. But Armin beat me for a, a decision win. And I've never... Uh, he's the only guy who beat me. So I, I want that one back. Okay, so let's talk about the top of the division. Do you believe Makachev beat... Volkanovski or not? Yeah, I mean, it was a close fight, but I think he edged it out. I mean, I think Islam's good, man. What's going to happen with Charles Oliveira, the rematch? I think Islam's going to beat him again. Why? You know, I think he's he's too... I think, uh, I mean, Oliveira's great, and he's got, uh, he's got you know, great striking, great jujitsu, but I think it's, it's Islam Makachev's time, and uh, I think the only chance that he loses is he gets caught. That's it. Yeah. You know, I, I know a guy who who throws the type of punches that gets people caught. When you think about that, you really could be three fights away, two fights away, spectacular performance away. Who you never know in this game, right? The phone can ring like at any point. Do you watch him despite the dominance and go, "I respect him, but I can beat him." Yes, a hundred percent. And that's how I feel. You know, I truly feel that on my best day, I can knock out or submit anyone in the world. And all I can do is prepare the best I know how, be in the best shape I can, and go out there and, and go for it. Um, also in the division, let's talk about what's going to happen with Conor McGregor. Does the Chandler fight happen? You know... And if so, what happens there? He's got to beat you out of first. Exactly. Again, again, assuming it happens at some point, uh, who wins? And does it happen at all? Yeah, and, and also what weight class? 
I mean, I guess it's going to be 170. Probably. Whatever Connor wants. Let's yeah, be fair. Yeah. Uh, I don't think McGregor's making 55 anymore. Um, but I think, I think, I think McGregor knocks him out. I think, uh, wow. I think Chan, like, like McGregor is so good when he has the reach, you know, when, when he's got the reach and he can use that, 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 uh, that range and find that left hand, he really doesn't lose, you know, but against these taller guys, uh, like the Nate Diaz's of the world, they, they give him a harder time. So I think, I think, uh, I think the fight happens. I think it happens in December. And I think uh, McGregor knocks him out. Chandler couldn't grind him out. I mean, he could. Chandler's a beast, you know. Chandler is a beast, but I think that's a that's a matchup made for McGregor. And what happens, do you think, with the last of these legends, the Gaethje's? Obviously, he beat Poirier, but they still have a future. What happens with them, and also like the Volkanovski factor as well? I wonder how you see that playing out. I think that they got to do a passing of the guard. I think uh, Gagey's got to pass that BMF belt to me after I <laughs> knock him out and uh, send him, give him a, give him what every gladiator wants—a glorious death in the arena. And that's and that's damn what I'll give him, man. That's what I'll give him. All right, well, when you as a fighter, because some people are gonna get turned away by the BMF, you know, or uh, Islam has shit on it many times. I love it because of the type of fights it creates. When that thing gets announced, are you like, that's my trip? That could be my ticket to stardom if the timing is right. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a it's a championship belt. Whether you say it's the baddest motherfucker belt or it's the world championship belt, I mean, I'm I'm here to collect belts, so I'll take that BMF all day. Has the UFC ever said anything about that? Have you had like do you have, uh, what do what do conversations about the UFC that you have typically revolve around? The UFC doesn't tell me shit. <laughs> <laughs> you just sort of wait to hear. Pretty much, man, and then uh, and then I bug my manager for some news. Uh, but like that that's like a little bit of the frustrating part like especially right now you know we're about about 10 weeks out from MSG and like everybody and their mom is asking me when's the next fight who are we fighting at MSG who's like my dad is always I'm I'm getting bored we got to get a fight booked <laughs> uh and like you I'm could like, just ship them off to Thailand for a month they'll be fine <laughs> please you. but uh i mean i just i i focus on what i can control man i have a date I have no November 11th. I will be ready in November 11th. I'm training like, like I've got this Patty Pimblet fight at MSG, and that's all I can control, man. And and at my gym, it's always next man up. You know, we got we got guys uh, fighting for CFFC this weekend. We got guys fighting for Ring of Combat next weekend. We got guys fighting for Contender Series in in like three four weeks. And these guys need sparring partners, and I'm the guy who's who's uh, stepping up to spar them, and that only makes me better. And uh, I'm getting these rounds in the bank this far out of camp uh, when I'm not I'm not in and uh, I'm in I'm in shape right now. I wouldn't say I'm in fight shape, but I'm still getting these rounds in and I'm training like I'm fighting uh, November 11th. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping the, the UFC will call soon. Do you have any concerns seriously about CTE long term? Uh, no, not really. No? I mean, not, uh, like I, I've lost twice by like TKO, but I was never completely, you know, unconscious. Um, I, I could definitely say that I've had worse concussions playing football and lacrosse I than I have that. fighting yeah. uh, because I would run full speed helmet to helmet guys that were like twice my size. Um, and, uh, you know, Longo's got me moving my head a little bit, you know. <laughs> How many concussions do you know you had? Uh, 
It's like asking a woman her age and her amount of partners. I mean, what? Are I we, mean, dude, he's. I mean, how many? Like, are time, we got to do. He's here. Let's ask okay. him. Okay. I don't know, man. Uh, I don't think too many people make <laughs> people make it taboo. I'm just, you know. And you yeah. got upset when yeah. I asked Big John McCarthy if he's ever shut down a toilet in Tokyo. I, I mean, didn't get on, offended. You know? I just didn't know the necessity. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I also uh, one of the, one of these guys I went to high school with actually became like a neurologist, like a brain guy, doctor. And uh, he's got uh, his own practice out in California. And uh, before my UFC debut, I went out there and met with him. And he took like all my brain, like like whatever my brain notes or my my test levels, and did all these testing on my brain and like my reaction time and all this whatnot before my UFC debut. And now I've had like, nine fights in the UFC. I've definitely had a couple concussions in in that time. And uh, so I'm curious to go back to him and then have him test my brain and see where it was, you know, before I started my UFC career. Well, you, you, you got to protect those hands because they're the mechanism that gets these early catch knockouts so you don't have to take it. punishment. You can keep winning. And a great way to protect those hands, particularly when you're lifting weights, would be to put them in gloves, right? No, man. If you lift in gloves, you're a bitch. <laughs> Matt Frivola, Matt Frivola, I want you to know I love you. I love you. That's like you Luke so on much. Right That's now. like Luke's true test of a man. If he e can answer that question e correct, then you know. I know it drives you nuts, motherfucker. I'm right. My dad forced me to wear gloves to yeah. lift when I was 14. Yeah. He forced me. You have tried you calluses on your hands. You have tried. I'm right, motherfucker. I'm right. We've had this debate. He like they get mad at me because I'm like, dude, just do not fucking wear gloves. You don't need. Shannon Sharp wears gloves. Shannon Sharp's the man. Have you ever seen Shannon Sharp? This dude's like mid-50s. I saw him do on incline bench dumbbells 135 for like 10 reps, dude. He's strong as shit, but he wears gloves. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck, Shannon? Do you think he could pass a USADA test? <laughs> no. <laughs> fuck no. Absolutely not. But God bless him. He looks, he looks Now, great. Matt, you've heard Luke complain that he's an old piece of shit at yeah. 44. Um, I hope he doesn't die this, you know. Today or ever, Luke, we got to keep building this partnership. Mm -hmm. Would you advise him, though, now that he doesn't have to pass drug tests to fight, he should just go full TRT like where Cowboy Cerrone's doing right now. Just go after it, right? I mean, have you gotten your test levels tested? Oh, I, I mean, I don't need a doctor to tell me they're low. <laughs> He's, I mean, he, it's he not some giant mystery. You know? Don't just talk about it, Luke. Be about it. Okay? No, it's, it's just, dude, I'll tell you what, man. 20 to 30, I don't think that's a big rotation. People make it a big rotation. It's not a big rotation. Motherfucker. 30 to 40 yeah. people get sick of me talking about it don't don't let it catch yeah. you by surprise there's gonna we'll be beat a your knock. ass if you're not ready for there's it gonna be a knock on your you. door one day i'm man. warning you i'm warning you it's it's a much steeper clip it's an old set of balls and you have yeah. to answer okay yeah. so keep so fighting the good fight why, why not get on the tee and get like all That's jacked what I'm up about i've kicked the tires on the idea i haven't yeah. gone i haven't purchased the car yet i've kicked the tires well, on i've it. been i've been telling my dad to get on the testosterone yes. for so long and like he actually he like tried it for like two weeks and he's like i don't feel nothing and then he <laughs> Just you know what? He was like, he already had a high test. He didn't even need that yeah. shit. Didn't do nothing so for him. Pacer Allen, Arnold Allen's yeah, dad. Yeah, you, you, know Arnold, you know Arnold Allen, the featherweight. Yep, yep. His dad, uh, they kind of talk openly, but like he would have his own backyard gym and would like definitely did steroids right in front of him a couple times. And uh, He just did steroids on Arnold Allen's blog like a week ago. Like they really? just ejected it. with. Yeah, it was they're, great. They're just pretty open about yeah, it, having a good are, time. Not Arnold, but like his dad and whatever. Hey, nowadays, I mean, you go to a doctor, they test your, your T levels, and they, they prescribe it, and they monitor it. So I think there's a safe way to do it, you know. And, uh, I mean, when I'm done fighting, 
I'm definitely going to get jacked. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get jacked, come out of retirement for my bare knuckle boxing uh, debut, you know. <laughs> so I, will, I, I always tell Longo, I'm like, listen, Ray, when, when I, after I retire and I get on the tee and I come back and I ask you to train me for my coming out of retirement <laughs> fight, bare knuckle boxing, don't train me. Tell me, remind me of this conversation <laughs> and don't train me. <laughs> what did he say? He's like, all right, all right I'll remind you. <laughs> uh, all right. I... Come on, fumble it. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I lost my train of thought. I was going fumble down, it. I was going down a really good road, though, you know. With the bare knuckle boxing? Yeah. No, would you no do, I got would it you now. Do I got it, it now. No, no, hold on that okay, bare knuckle because okay, okay. this may fall into this conversation. When I imagine you and Billy Q in Tampa as amateurs knocking people out and titty bar parking lot, throwing the booze, ch chasing the muff around. I imagine like Sean and Marty, the rockers, like pro wrestlers just living it up. But all great pro wrestling tag teams at the end, storyline wise, one has to put the other through the barbershop window. You and Billy Q have any thoughts at one day meeting in the middle and having your own Griffin Bonner one? I mean, me and Billy Q have beaten the piss out of each other many of times, man. I remember when we were amateurs and lived together, uh, we wouldn't do the dishes. So there'd be like the sink and well, be that like, sounds so surprising. it filled up with dishes. <laughs> and then we would have sparring like that night and we'd be like, all right, whoever loses this sparring yes. session has to do the dishes. And we would like fight so hard not to do the dishes. Uh, so, I mean, uh, we fought so many times in the gym, man. I'll, I'll beat his ass tomorrow in the gym if he comes up to New York. So, I mean, uh, but at the highest level, I don't think so, man. We're, we're brothers. You know, I've, he's, been, he's in my corner every fight. I'm in his corner every fight. You know, iron sharpens iron. and uh, That's that Long Island loyalty that he's been talking it, about, man, right? That's it. Dude, uh, I think your favorite thing, right? So after you beat Dober... I might be getting some of these details wrong, so correct me if I am, but you took to Instagram with like what you, you consider to be the perfect New York bagel, bagel, is that right? Oh yeah. Okay, what is the perfect New York bagel? I love the flagel, so I'm not gonna lie, I'm a flagel. I don't guy. know what the fuck that is. It's Please like help. a skinny bagel. Skinny bagel? Skinny bagel. Sort of defeats the purpose, right? And then I get a bacon, egg, and cheese, classic. Bacon, egg, and cheese, well done bacon, salt, pepper, hot sauce, over medium eggs, and uh, that's uh, that's that tastes like victory. That's what what kind of bagel? Color. What kind of bagel? Everything. Everything. I don't know how I feel about the everything choice. Everything else on that one sounds good. What BC? Go you, all. In, he goes all in in life. He goes after it. It okay? did look good. Okay. okay. Maybe I'll throw some avocado on it if I want to be healthy. Who has better uh, bagels, Long Island or Manhattan? Long Island all day. What well, is that true? All day, baby. <laughs> They're pretty good in Manhattan. They're not bad. Yeah, they are. Oh, I, I hear there's an epic. Uh, badminton competition at oh, the uh, yeah. Frivola compound every year on the water. Are you the same alpha <laughs> in the Frivola badminton lineage that you are in the cage? Nah, so uh, I've won that. I won that tournament. We always have a big badminton tournament every summer and I've won that tournament. I won it like five years in a row, but the last three years I've lost it in the finals to my twin brother. Oh, and uh, three P. Yeah, you know, I thought I thought I had him this year. I'm not gonna lie. Like uh, the last couple years, like I fought and I got fat, and then that's why he beat me. Uh, <laughs> but this year, I was like in shape. I was like training for it, like, uh, and uh, and then like, I th I think I, I think uh, he got me this year, man. I'll give it to him. He's an athlete. He's an athlete. All right, 11 November. That's the hopeful 
Matt Frivola, MSG date. 11 November? What are you, British? I mean, just say. Well, if the Marine Corps, 11 November 1775 is an important so, day. Sorry. Or, excuse me, 10 November. What am I saying? Yeah, I wish I had an American flag shirt on right now so I could properly celebrate this country. Eat shit. Uh, we, hope, we hope you get it. We hope you get it. I do think it'd be a great fight. I think it'd be a great test and uh, a real level up moment. So star, there's an opportunity to become a household name, a star yes. in this game. Imagine if he splattered Patty. Let's let's <laughs> see let's shit. see what happens. And I really hope you get the fight. And you know, I look forward to seeing what happens. Now, legally, how much can you grow the beard and still bring it into the cage? Dude, as, I think as much as I want. I want to have the uh, what's the one the one ref who's got the like beard. Bearded? Mike Beltron. Yeah, Beltron's got that. Beard. I'm trying to grow my hair out. You know, I want to uh, have the Viking braids for the next one. Oh, that's badass. Heads, maybe. That's you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I usually uh, this is like the longest my hair has been in a minute. So we're gonna we're gonna have fun with it a little bit. Well, I look forward to seeing um, what what the what the total show is yeah. uh, when you, when hopefully you get that fight. Thanks for coming to our studios, man, and uh, sharing your story. And you're a fucking maniac, but um, <laughs> we're, we're digging it. So we yeah. really appreciate it. Thank you, Luke, too. And you too, man, for kind of just saying it how it is. You know, you don't sugarcoat anything. You you tell it how it is. Even, like, when, when a lot of guys got to kiss the UFC's ass, you don't do it. You tell it how it is, and I respect you for that. Oh, well, shit. Well, Look at that bouquet he just handed yeah, off right I, there. I appreciate, I appreciate that. But that's why you're sitting on a 1970s couch you <laughs> found in the dumpster. <laughs> so on that note, Matt Frivola, everyone, steamroller. Hopefully he gets to fight against Patty Pimblett. We're out.